Welcome to Ideas Into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. A quick reminder for everyone listening that our Flare Incubator is open for applications. Flare is for female-led businesses that aspire to go into an international market and are based in a regional area. The incubator will support five teams as they work on developing their aspirations into reality with the guidance of our team of experienced entrepreneurs, along with a suite of mentors from various industry sectors and countries around the world. The program runs from August through to December 2020 and is free to participate in. Applications close soon though, so be sure to let any of the wonderful women in your network know about it. They may just aspire to something bigger that you don't know about yet. Inspirational people are always a joy to meet. And when I first met today's guest, I knew immediately that she was an incredibly inspiring person. Kathy Uren is the founder of Pet Wellness Centre, located in beautiful Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Today, I chat to Kath about her journey of turning her idea of creating a better veterinary experience into a reality. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kath. Really excited to have you here. So before I jump into asking all of my questions, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about Pet Wellness Centre? Thanks, Joey. Thanks for having me to have a bit of a chat about Pet Wellness Centre. Uh, my name is Kathy Yiren and I am the owner and the Chief Wellness Officer of Pet Wellness Centre. Uh, Pet Wellness Centre is a full-service veterinary clinic. We do all the things that you would expect from a vet clinic at, at Pet Wellness Centre, you know, the preventatives, the vaccinations, diagnostics, surgeries, all of those sorts of things. Uh, but we also offer acupuncture and animal physiotherapy. We do titer testing here. We have a dental technician who does teeth cleaning without an anaesthetic and various other offerings like that to try to help manage the overall wellness of pets rather than just treating them when they're sick. And one little thing caught me there. It's like dental without anaesthetic. I think my dog would love that. So we might have to come visit. <laughs> Yeah, Kirsty's uh, pretty pretty talented at what she does. It's not every every animal that will sit and open their mouth and say, "Go for it." I was actually quite surprised because we've known each other uh, for a little while now. But I was quite surprised when I learned that you run a pet wellness centre, but you're not a vet. So I'm really keen to know what was going on in your life when you decided I'm going to open a thing that looks after pets, even though I'm not a vet. 
Yeah, look, it is a little bit odd and it's a question that I'm asked over and over again. Uh, look, I think about about 12 months prior to opening or to thinking about the idea for Pet Wellness Centre, uh, I'd left what I considered to be my baby. I, I had built a national corporate uh, consolidation of dental clinics in human dental and I considered it my baby because I, I had built that from nothing but an idea to a national network with over 75 clinics annualised revenues exceeding $100 million and over a 1,000 staff in a period of about seven years. But uh, it wasn't actually my idea and it wasn't my money at the start. It was uh, just myself and the founder uh, when it was nothing but an idea. And, uh, and then he exited in pretty poor circumstances at about the year five mark and I stayed on. And I still did just consider it my baby because I, I had built that and, and uh, you know, a lot of the, the values that kind of underpinned that company were, were values that I had instilled in it from the start. But at about the seven-year mark, I did have to kind of accept the fact that it wasn't actually my baby and it was time for me to move on. And I had been approached by Henry Schein. They're a, a Fortune 500 company based out of New York uh, to run their Australian-New Zealand technology company in animal health which was a bit of a change because I'd never run a software business before and I'd never worked in animal health before. Uh, but uh, I figured that, you know, it's all people and relationships at the end of the day anyway. So I, I took a chance on that and I took the job. I'd learned a couple of things working for Henry Shine. It was a short stint with them, about 14 months. And I learned two main things. One was that I never actually wanted to work for anyone else again in my life. <laughs> and, and two was that I really, really loved animal health. I'd not really had any exposure to the animal health industry other than as a consumer, as a, as a pet owner. And, and I learned that it was, uh, you know, it was a, a profession and an industry full of people who, who really love animals and, and doing, doing great things and really passionate about what they did. At the same time, I'd had a bit of a poor experience with my own dog, Brain was his name, and he uh, was a little Boston Terrier and he was my whole entire life. And and I had a really, really poor experience with a vet with him. And I remember walking out of the clinic holding my little dog that meant the absolute world to me and thinking to myself, there just has to be a better way. So in that role with, with Henry Shine, I had, had become exposed to lots of different veterinary clinics. I was going around and visiting them and trying to help them with their software needs and seeing firsthand that there was just so much about the business and the customer service aspect and the marketing side that they just weren't getting. They, they, they just weren't up to speed. And so I set up this series of seminars to teach vets how to kind of run their business better. And uh, after the first one, I remember sitting and having a drink with my husband and we were having a talk about it. And all of a sudden, this crazy idea kind of emerged between the two of us that, oh, well, instead of going and, and teaching vets how to do this better, maybe we could just do it ourselves. It just so happened that all the planets kind of aligned about two weeks after that conversation <laughs> that I had a little bit of time, a six-month runway, and, you know, just enough kind of cash to get off the ground and then Pet Wellness Centre was born. I love hearing the story and particularly where there's a little element, albeit, you know, it, it may have been small enough to fit in your arms, but something that was really personal. This was a problem that you had as well as the fact that you saw other people have. So, yeah, I really love that. You mentioned you had a little bit of money and a little bit of runway. What did you do then? So what did you actually do in those first steps of going, okay, I've, I've got this idea and I've, I've chatted with my husband about it and obviously he seems 
favourable to it or not opposed to it. What what was the next thing you did? Uh, look, it's uh, it, it was really a full jump in no plan B kind of scenario. We went from thinking about it to opening the doors of Pet Wellness Centre in six months and that's like a pretty crazy timeline given we actually fitted out the building from scratch as well. Uh, so it really was a case of just just jump in. Um, I did do all of those boring things like write a business plan and and do the financial modelling. It was it was really you know the disciplines of uh, a lifetime spent in corporate world really did come to play. So I, I wrote my big business plan and, and did my financial modelling. And it was really important to actually get the money from the bank because I'm not a vet. Most most finance options for opening a vet clinic weren't available to me. As soon as you don't tick that box of actually being the practitioner, the banks won't won't you, you just don't fit their criteria. So it was a I really leaned on the contacts that I had a lot. I leaned on the contacts I'd made in Henry Shine and also just through Bond Uni and studies I'd done in terms of getting some contacts at a bank that might take a chance on a non vet opening a clinic. And I also visited a bunch of other clinics. I, I just talked to people I knew and asked them to introduce me to people and went and visited clinics, talked to the staff when the uh, when the owner wasn't around and asked them what they liked and didn't like and what worked and didn't work. I actually did a nursing course, a vet nursing course. I got all of the the course material for the for the diploma in vet nursing from a contact of mine and just went through it in eleven weeks <laughs> instead of instead of, you know, a number of years. Just so that I had at least some sort of base clinical knowledge of, of what was actually going to happen in this business that we were trying to build. And then I, you know, I hired some people who knew a whole lot more than I did about what a vet clinic needed in terms of the design and the layout of the building and the equipment that we used. I also attended an Australian Veterinary Association conference and walked around with my floor plan, talking to as many vets as I could find <laughs> and showing them the picture and saying, okay, so say you're going to work in this clinic here, what, what do you like about it and, and what do you think is going to be a problem for you? And, and, you know, people were really generous with their, with their comments and some of them would just, you know, pretty keen to to explain to me how it wouldn't work because you know little little non-vet calf walking around um was something they probably hadn't seen before and there was a, a bunch of people that that were quite critical of a non-vet building a vet clinic but there was also a whole bunch of people who were extremely supportive of it so I was lucky to uh, to lean on the information of of a whole group of people to build this. Fantastic I I love hearing the stories of people going you know what? Other people say this won't work, and it's kind of like just let me show you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the right people. I'm gonna make it happen anyway. I'm not gonna be put off by your negativity. I, I do have a little anecdote there, there because there were a few people who were rather vocal about the fact that they they didn't really think it was going to work. And two years later, at the same Australian Veterinary Association conference after Pet Wellness Centre was up and running, an international keynote speaker came to visit Pet Wellness Centre and used our clinic as an example of raising the bar of the new standard that people should be aspiring to for, for veterinary health. And, and that was at that same conference with Pet Wellness Centre up on the main screen. And I have to admit that that was a pretty good moment. <laughs> very, very good. And I think it's one of those things sometimes when people are in something for so long and let's say they are a vet and they've been a vet for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, something like that, they don't see what other people see that have just walked into it. And sometimes experience can be really, really valuable, but sometimes that no prior or very limited prior knowledge of that particular thing can can also be valuable as well. So well done. Now, I imagine that whilst you got started 
well and and I know that you're very passionate about what you do the things that happened along the way probably had a few road bumps and and potholes in them what what's it been like so you opened the doors after 6 months you've got pet wellness center you've hired some people you've you've built what you believe is good and and we know a couple of years later someone said it it is really good but what was that bit in between like uh and, st- and still going. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it was actually quite confronting the first time that I really, really appreciated what this business was. When I'd been planning it and building it, it was about the customer experience. It was about the, you know, the patient care. It was about the marketing. But what I hadn't really, really appreciated, I mean, I, I obviously knew this was a life and death business but it hadn't been brought home to me. And once we actually opened the doors and, you know, I would walk past and see the vets and the vet nurses in the surgery actually operating on an animal <laughs> under an anaesthetic, you know, it's trying to save a life and knowing that that, that animal is, is somebody's beloved pet. You know, a lot of people, their pets are like their children and they're such a valued member of the family and we were responsible for the life or death of, of that family member. It really, really hit home the fact that once they're in the surgery working with this animal, there is absolutely nothing that I can do to impact the outcome of, of what's happening in there. I, I'm not a clinician. I'm not a vet. I can't jump in there and, and, and save this animal's life. I have to trust in the people who are in my team. You know, every, everything I can do beforehand counts. I can have the best equipment. I can have the best people, the best training, the best culture, you know, all of those things in place. But the moment they're actually in there operating, I just have to get out of their way and believe that they're going to do, you know, what, what they're there to do. And so, it, it was quite confronting, really, really being faced with the fact that this was a business that deals in life and death. And there are circumstances daily here that are just emotional and, and intense and deep. And, and I just don't think I ever really appreciated just how much of that there would be in this business. So, so it was quite confronting, you know, walking past the surgery and seeing my head nurse holding up the, the forelimb of a 45 kilo golden retriever that we just we just amputated <laughs> you know those kind of things were were uh, were big big uh, wake up calls for me and also just the, the the amount of physical time that I have spent in this building especially in that first 12 months you know I was the receptionist which uh, which was a really interesting social experiment on you know how people make assumptions on who owns the the business but that's another that's another podcast <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the physical time. So it was like 10 to 12 hour days, six days a week, just constant, relentless. And, uh, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for programs like uh, the Ventura program with Ben Southall that about 14 months into this journey, I was just on the, on the actual edge of a, of a breakdown, I think, <laughs> from exhaustion and stress. And, and I, I went away on one of Ben's programs and, and spent seven days in the, in the bush with some other crazy people and, and got some perspective and and that really energized me and made me capable of continuing on this this crazy journey likewise grateful for programs like peak persona and and other ways that i've been able to make sure i prioritize myself in order to ensure i'm, I'm giving the best of me to the business yeah we've pushed through quite a few kind of uh, crisis points here but um it's undoubtedly the most rewarding thing i have ever done 
when we look back at our journey, we often can recognise those key sort of moments. Yeah. And, and, you know, seeing a limb of a dog, like that, that would be it for me. That would be like, oh my goodness. So incredibly, uh, not that person. I I worked for a dentist for a little while or an orthodontist, but uh, that was about the limit of my blood and gore um, (laughs) limitations. I couldn't do anything more than that. Now, I'm going to double back just a little bit. So you mentioned um, Ben and the Ventura program and Peak Persona, and obviously we've got to know each other a little bit through being part of those programs, but they obviously do help you to to keep that, I guess, reality check, that balance check for yourself. And I, I know you also have a particularly supportive partner, but are there moments that you've gone through in in that journey? And you mentioned burnout, and I I just want to sort of touch on that. How did you then realise that and take that opportunity? Did someone introduce you to to Ben and the Ventura program, or you know what made you reach out and and find that as a, a potential way to move through that space you were in at that point in time? Yeah, yeah, such a such a good question. I am one of those people who just persists and and I didn't think I had a breaking point. Um, I didn't think I would ever find where it was anyway. Um, and I've been in massively high stress positions, you know, most of my career. But this is something else. Like this, this is just a whole new level when it's when it's your business and it's your people that you're you're caring for and you're managing and the kind of emotional gymnastics that that we do here every day, you know, going from a euthanasia to a first puppy visit and 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 not just me doing that, but supporting the people who are doing that. They might have just lost a patient and they have to turn around and and actually, you know, help help someone be excited about their new puppy five minutes later. It's it's really challenging stuff. And and it did I did just about get to my breaking point and, and the the way I uh, I I discovered that the Ventura program was what I needed was actually through my husband, Baden, um, because he did one. <laughs> so he was fortunate enough to be fast at um, to be part of the very first Ventura program and he went off up to the Sundays with a bunch of you <laughs> you joy and a bunch of other people and, and did this this kind of pilot of this Ventura program which puts a bunch of founders and and uh, community people together and and throws them some challenging circumstances and then um, you know provides them with a bit of a framework within which to build some resilience through that and he came home from that. This was at about about six six months in to, to me spending my entire life and every waking moment at Pet Wellness Centre. And he came back from that program like on fire. He was just so energised and so pumped. And it was like he was just exuding these waves of enthusiasm for life and and I was just exhausted. <laughs> I was just looking at him going, oh, my God, I just want a little bit of what he's having. <laughs> I, just, I just desperately wanted to feel the tiniest scrap of whatever it was that was making him buzz the way that he was. And so then I heard that there was going to be a second Ventura program and I just threw everything into getting selected to go. <laughs> so I, just, I was like, oh, this is what I need. And it was a little bit of a, um, it was a bit of a admission that I, I, I wasn't capable of finding my own way out of where I was. Um, I, I actually have a photo of that I took up here in this room that I'm sitting here in at the moment, on, at, upstairs at Pet Wellness Centre. Um, I took a photo of myself because I didn't think, I, I didn't recognise myself. I didn't think I would ever actually get to the point where I was kind of sitting upstairs 
in tears at work, not really knowing how to pull myself out of the emotional feeling I was having. I've never really experienced that before. I'm, I'm, I'm really self-driven. I, I, I lead others. I, um, but yeah, I was emotionally a, a bit of a wreck. I was hiding it well, but, <laughs> but I, I didn't know what little steps I could take to try, start pulling myself out of that. I, I, I needed some sort of drastic intervention and, uh, you know, throwing, putting it in someone else's hands and <laughs> saying, okay, I'm just going to go with you for seven days. You sort me out was just really appealing at the time. But it was also just having to take seven days away from my business, which was completely ridiculous at the time, the thought that I would do that with no phone service, no contact whatsoever. It was an insane thought, an insane thing to do. So I just uh, just did it and it was great. Yeah, I, I, I understand. And I think for people who haven't done it, you, you can't understand. But I did do the Sundays trip with Baden and I came back the same and poor David had to suffer through being the one who didn't go on that occasion. But it is and it's, it is that release and it is, um, yeah, handing it off. So, so well done for you to, to take that opportunity. And yes, taking seven days away from your business with no phone service and just having to trust that everything else will continue in whatever way that looks like is, is a big step. So good job. That brings me to something else that I think you've done lots of really, really good things. And I'm sure you are super proud of some of them in particular. So let's hear a little bit about that other than the one we just talked about, which I think is a a proud moment as well. What other moments have you had in your journey that you go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah, look, there's been there's been so many. It it really was for me personally that kind of acknowledgement within within the veterinary space that Pet Wellness Centre is an aspirational clinic is it's it's enormous for me. You know, we've had the AVA bring a tour groups of of vets through our centre to show them Pet Wellness Centre and and so that they can see you know, what we do here and you're really kind of holding us up as an exemplar in the profession. And, and we've had international students come here. Uh, I've been invited to go and speak at uh, a conference in the UK about veterinary business and customer service. I'm, I'm speaking on a panel next week for the Global Vet Show, talking about the future of this profession. And for me, not being a vet, actually having my voice heard is it, it is it's it's really wonderful and, and kind of scary as well <laughs> um, but mostly the thing that makes me proud is the way that my team are so proud to work here which just blows me away every every time I, I see them gloating about being part of pet wellness center it, it just it just swells my heart you see I don't actually have a comparison to make because I've never actually worked in a vet clinic before this is the first vet clinic I've ever worked in so you know I know that we go out of our way for patient comfort and I know that you know all of all of the things that I wanted Pet Wellness Centre to be we we do but it's still it's it becomes day-to-day life right and so I'm here working every day and and I'm not sure you know are we actually that much better than anyone else or are we doing things differently and then I hear the team talking about previous experiences they've had I, I hear them telling me you know, they're going to work here forever. I'm going to have to kick them out when they retire. Um, I hear them boasting to their friends and on social media about their job and about how happy they are to actually be truly living their purpose and and every day enabled to to live their why, the reason they got into this profession in the first place. And it just it just makes me so, so proud of what we have actually created here and to hear the people who have been involved in creating that actually actually kind of boasting about it. It's It's really nice. There was a um, 
there was a moment recently where where Baden and I had the absolute joy of of returning the first kind of um, we'd made a few commitments at, right back at the start. We had committed to when Pet Wellness Centre made its first ten thousand dollars of actual free and clear profit, like as in year to, like existence to date profit, <laughs> because we dug ourselves into a massive massive operational hole in that first. First twelve months to two years before we started digging our way out of it, and and we had committed that when we actually made that first ten grand of profit, we were going to give it back to the people who had who had built it with us. Um, and we had the absolute joy earlier this year of of handing out those big novelty checks to our to our team, and they had absolutely no idea it was coming. They didn't know that was coming. They weren't expecting it. They hadn't been told. But we we shared it with them. And the reason they got the big novelty check wasn't because it was a big amount of money. It was because it was their share of the profit that this that this business had made and along with you know the symbolism of all of the the actual um, tangible impact that this business had 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 on the 4,000 patients that we had seen since we started and that was an enormously proud moment for both Baden and myself. Incredible. Love it. Everything. I, I watch you guys on social media, of course, and you see different things coming through and it's just like the culture there is just incredible. Like you do, you feel it and you you see what the staff write and you, the photos that get taken and things like that. It, it's really good. Well done. I'll, I'll, I'll pat you on the back. You don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> Very good. Thank now, you. I know as well it's a journey and and you're still probably quite early in the journey because it would be, what, three years now? Yeah, three years. Three years, yeah. So I imagine that there's something next, something that you're working towards, something you want to develop and you're aspiring to. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, what's what's next do you see on your journey that you're on? Yeah, so I, I actually put a cap on what pet wellness center would be at the start because I do tend to get a bit carried away <laughs> so so right at the start you know that the whole pet wellness center was born because I, I believed that we could make a difference we could do something better I, I also you know was very passionate about raising the bar for, for animal health care and also from a personal financial perspective the the idea was to build something that would generate enough of a passive income at the end of 10 years for us to be able to spend our time with our kids wherever they might be at that point in their life because we've got you know it's an it's an international kind of world it's a global village so they say and we know that our kids are going to be elsewhere when they when they do college and when they you know go off to their careers or whatever it is they're not necessarily going to be right here on the gold coast with us and we want to have most of all, the time to be able to go and spend with them. And it was one thing working for corporate, you know, sure, had, you know, plenty of money, but never, ever had any time. You get a certain amount of holidays per year and you've still got to answer emails 24 hours a day when you're on them. <laughs> so I really wanted to build something that would, would give us some freedom. So there was a 10-year plan and, uh, and I had a maximum cap of 10 pet wellness centres that I was allowed to build in that 10 years. So I, I had a couple of rules. One of them was not allowed to be outside of a geographical zone that I can drive to because I'd spent my life in airports and on planes and no desire to do that again. <laughs> and who knows if that'll even be possible in the future. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it needed to be just kind of southeast Queensland, um, far north New South Wales. Didn't want to get carried away with any sort of national groups or anything again I've kind of been there and done that and don't really need to plus I know that once you get beyond 10 clinics 
you really lose that ability to connect with the customer experience in each of those little businesses. And once you lose that, you, you've lost the soul of your organisation. Working with that big, you know, as as my former company got, got so large, the 75 clinics, I realised that we were sitting around a board table making decisions that, that disempowered the people who were actually standing in front of the customer. Rather than empowering them to solve customer problems, to really build those relationships and connections, all we did was create rules that really disempowered them. And so I never wanted to be, I didn't want to build something like that again. So maximum of 10, over 10 years. <laughs> and uh, uh, But, uh, you know, this first, first Pet Wellness Centre has been so much harder and also so much kind of easier than I thought. It, it's a weird conundrum to be in. Like it's it's exhausting, but in terms of in terms of the numbers, we've actually kind of hit a lot of our five year goals now at three years, which is which is good. But in terms of building the next one, I think I just need to take a couple of big deep breaths and make sure I've got the energy <laughs> before before launching into it. The, the biggest challenge for us really is is vets. I, I can't be the vet, and so I have to find vets who are, you know, who can buy into this vision and want to be a part of what it is that we're building. And sadly, there's a shortage of of vets around because it's a really hard profession for vets. But that's again, that's another podcast. <laughs> Well, talent in general, but I think you do have such a clear vision and a clear purpose of what you want to do and and who you want working with you and the attitude that comes with that. And like you said, they get to live their purpose. So you need those who go, I understand that and I want that as opposed to I just want to turn up and do my job and go home and I don't really care as long as you pay me well or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You've learned a lot and obviously you came into it with a lot of experience as well. So it wasn't like you've, you know, rocked out of high school and decided I'm going to open a vet clinic even though I'm not a vet. So you brought a lot of prior knowledge with you and and now you've been able to do it for yourself where you do own it and, and you are the responsible person for everything. If you were sitting down and talking to someone and they said, hey, Kath, I've got this idea, I want to start something. What would be the one pertinent piece of advice that you would give them before they stepped forward on their journey? Yeah, well, I'd say probably don't obsess too much about the details. Look, if, if I had have known what I didn't know starting this, there is just no, there is no way on earth I would have opened a vet clinic had I known just how much I didn't know about it at the time when I decided to do it. And that's not to say I would ever change it. I mean, I'm 100% glad that I didn't know <laughs> so that I did jump into this and I did do this because it's it's the greatest thing that I've ever done. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done um, and I absolutely love it and, and the people involved love it and we're having a positive impact. So I'm, I'm really glad I didn't know. <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm glad I didn't dig out all of those tiny details <laughs> that might have made me think, hang on a second, what are you doing, you crazy woman? I think it's really important to make sure you've got the fundamentals sorted you know I did need to know that we could we could actually deliver healthcare in this clinic safely and to a really high standard so I made sure I engaged the people who did know about that when I didn't but yeah don't obsess too much about the details don't worry about whether it's perfect understand how much you are willing to risk and then just go do it love it just go do it You mentioned that you're on the Gold Coast and I may or may not have mentioned that earlier. So obviously for people who are listening, they might be going, "Hmm, 
oh, a trip to the Gold Coast, I can take my dog to the vet, that sounds really good. <laughs> or perhaps they live somewhere else in the country and they're just curious to know and check out what you do. How can people find you? How they how can they learn more about you uh, and, and Pet Wellness Centre? Uh, so, yeah, please do. If you want a daily dose of cute in your social media feeds, if you've had enough of all of the politics and, and coronavirus, this and that, then you just need some cute puppies and kittens, then please, by all means, follow Pet Wellness Centres on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you can obviously engage with us via our website, Pet, Pet Wellness Centre. Uh, we do have a lot of fun, cute kind of content pretty regularly. And uh, please, by all means, come and visit us if you're on the Gold Coast. And just let everyone know, whereabouts on the coast are you? So we're in Burley Heads. We're uh, living the dream, working and living in beautiful Burley Heads. It's, it's absolutely spectacular. And it's a really, really great location for a pet wellness centre. Uh, all you have to do is go down the Esplanade at five o'clock in the morning and see just how many fit and healthy people are out there walking their pets at that time. And, uh, yeah, you can see that this is, this is an excellent home for, for pet wellness centre. Yes, I live in constant jealousy of your beautiful sunrises <laughs> over the over the ocean. It, uh, it it makes my day and I go back and find them later in the day when I need them. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm enormously grateful to be here. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're super busy. I didn't hear any puppies barking, so <laughs> there was no, no interruption. We might need to go find one. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, I really, really appreciate your time. I know that there's so much that you're working on and so many good things that you're doing. Uh, sharing your journey is also one of them. So thank you for that. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Today's startup lesson is about recognising burnout. And as a founder of a startup, you're at a very high risk of encountering burnout while on your journey of turning your idea into reality. Why is that? In my opinion, it comes down to two key things, passion and expectations. We suggest to founders to work on something that they're passionate about. After all, you're going to be spending so much time thinking about the topic, you want it to be something that you love right? Well, yes, that is true. However, it comes at a risk when you become a little obsessed and spend every waking moment, probably even dreaming about it, thinking, talking, listening and learning about the topic that you're developing a solution for. Then we add to that passion a whole lot of expectations, often self-created, though also the expectations we believe are there from our family, community, peers, investors, financiers, customers, partners, and that guy down the street that we see running his dog when we're heading into the office. These expectations can help us to set goals and make valuable decisions, but they can also fill our minds with shoulds and our diaries with meetings and conversations that feel important but just result in us staying up until 2am responding to emails, ordering stock and writing proposals. Recognising burnout in others can be difficult and recognising it in ourselves can be even harder. Many people, including us, are very good at hiding it. So what are some of the signs that someone is heading towards burnout? Well, I'm not an expert, so I've sought some guidance here and have come up with the following list. Anxiety, worrying about what might happen, a lack of sleep, fatigue, an increasingly cynical outlook on life and work. Reduced performance, reduced productivity, detachment and feeling listless, having a low mood, difficulty concentrating, a lack of creativity, 
a negative attitude towards other people, a low purpose or giving up quickly, quickness to anger, emotional numbness and frustration. It may also present itself physically with headaches, hypertension, upset tummy and muscle tension. So if you're recognising the signs, then what? Well, as we mentioned today in the chat with Kath, it can be beneficial to step out of your day-to-day activity to seek some relief. It doesn't have to be forever. You don't have to quit on your startup journey. You can take a break. It could be to get out in nature and experience something different and with some different people, even if just for a few days. If that activity is also supported by people who are skilled in holding space, encouraging conversations, and providing the opportunity to learn techniques that you can use then and when you return home, then all the better. Also, establishing a supportive network of people who you check in with regularly, that care about you and your mental health, who have experience in starting and growing a new business as well, and therefore can provide an additional level of understanding and reality, can also be a great way to keep a check on how you're feeling, what to do if things start to slide, and make an easy and safe avenue to mention when things aren't going great and you feel like you do need a hand to get your priorities back in line with whatever you know usually works for you. Two such organisations that Kath mentioned that I can also personally advocate for are Ben Southall's Best Life Adventures and Peak Persona, run by Aaron Birkby and Peter Ellis. I'll share links to them in the show notes And I encourage you not to put off seeking help if you're recognising the signs. You can also learn more through places like Beyond Blue, Lifeline and the Black Dog Institute. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Ideas Into Reality episode. And we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned. That will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.